to Seeing Color, a podcast that talks with cultural workers and artists of color in order to expand the area of what is a predominantly white space in the arts. I'm your host, Ziwon Chung. Hey everyone, I hope everyone is doing well, especially in these crazy times. I don't have too much news to share with everyone on my end. I have mostly been spending Sunday nights to Tuesday mornings teaching my students in China, and they're running about 12 hours ahead of me, so that's about Monday to Tuesday for them. Otherwise, I've been reading a lot and spending time learning Chinese. I've also been trying to cherish the extra time I have with my parents, which is a silver lining in all of this, and overall just trying to stay positive. Speaking of positive, today I am interviewing Joy Marie Thompson, a dancer from Pittsburgh. Joy Marie graduated from SUNY Purchase with a BFA in dance performance and works in a variety of mediums, including photography and film. Many people told me I had to talk to Joy Marie So I reached out and we had a Zoom session in the midst of this pandemic, both of us holed up in our homes. Before everything shut down in the U.S., Joy Marie was part of Sleep No More, an immersive theater experience retelling Shakespeare's Macbeth, which we talk about in depth along with Joy Marie's experiences in Europe, her many collaborations, and thinking about the exotification of black culture. This is a short but sweet episode, and I hope you enjoy this. All settled. We can go. All right. Let's hit it. So, yeah, right now I'm with Joy Marie Thompson, and we are speaking over Zoom. I'm right now in Hanover, New Hampshire, and Joy Marie is in Rochester, Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Rochester, Pennsylvania. I always think of Rochester, New York. I didn't know there was a... Yeah. But Everybody does. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so Joy Marie is a dancer and she does a lot of interdisciplinary works along with videos and photography and she does a lot of collaborations. And right now or before this whole crisis, Joy Marie was part of Sleep, Mo- Sleep No More in New York City. And then I also saw Joy Marie do a show mm-hmm. with, with Stacey Pearl. And yeah, so we're talking over Zoom. And yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I've never been on a podcast before. This is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hope it's cool. <laughs> I've been doing it for so long, but it just seems like, you know, it just seems like part of whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how's your day going? How's your week going? My day, my week, you know, I like, what is it like day 11 I've been of quarantine yeah something like that yeah like since March 12th and it's yeah. the 23rd now right and see I'm already losing the days and like the first week I was like super motivated ambitious like I'm gonna work out every day I'm gonna yeah. like <laughs> have this schedule I'm gonna take this dance class and this dance class online and then this following week i was like i'm not doing anything yeah but sometimes we i'm need gonna that. improv the day yeah yeah and i'm still on that i'm not doing much kick yeah but making sure i go outside though that's the one Are you one going- goal i have i'm about the because, same yeah i'm with my family i'm with my family we're all safe and sound we have food 
we have a garden to tend to like there's things to do yeah, yeah but i miss my friends yeah 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 do you want to talk about you know how uh, how did you get into dance and what was it like growing up in rochester yeah. and also your relationship yeah. to pittsburgh yeah, I started dancing at around five years old because my parents were tired of me jumping around the house. So they took me to the nearest dance studio in a town nearby called Manaka. It was called Rhythms in Motion. Mm-hmm. And I started dancing there and then I just kind of like hopped back and forth between like different studios in Beaver County. Um, I made my way to Pittsburgh to go to Civic Light Opera, other known as CLO. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of musicals there and then I found my way to Pittsburgh Kappa as a dance major. And I had teachers telling me like, you're not going to get, you're not going to get the training that you need if you just stay here. So they encouraged me to go to Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. Like um, on top of going to Kappa. Yeah. Okay. And for those of you who don't know, in, in non-Pittsburgh Kappa is like a, what would you say, magnet schools that has a focus strongly on the arts, all types of yeah. arts. like uh, Performing arts school. Yeah. 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 And I came in when they bridged Rogers and the high school. So they bridged the middle school performing arts and then the high school. And I came in right in, in that. So there was a lot of changes, yeah. a lot of transitions. And then I went to Pittsburgh Ballet Theater on top of Kappa. And I did that for like two years. Um, what what, and what, what had, did you think about dance when you started dance? Was did, did it just sort of oh, immediately? Immediate? Yeah, by the time I was eight, like my mom asked me, what do you, what do you want to do? with your life what do you what, what do you dream of joy yeah. and she kind of felt silly asking that she's like you're eight but i'm gonna ask her yeah and i like was like like didn't miss a beat i was like i want to be a performer i want to wow. be an entertainer i'm gonna do this yeah and she was like okay so then i like after that declaration like me my whole family they have been dragged to all of the shows all the performances um <laughs> and supporting me on this endeavor of the performing arts <laughs> ever since then yeah. And I thank them all the time. Yeah, I've just been just just my whole like training history was just me and my parents just trying to find the best training that I could have, you know. Even after Pittsburgh Ballet Theater, that was an experience that was not unlike most training ballet dancers. It was um it was hard as one of the few black dancers mm-hmm. in the school. I felt like I wasn't getting um any attention from the teachers. I thought there was a lot of racial bias, so I left, and then I went back Wait, to like this you were in smaller- high you were in high school then, right? Yeah, okay. I was in high school, so I was like, this is like freshman year, sophomore year, yeah, of high school. Then I left, and I went back to a smaller studio, and I was dancing under this woman named Darcy. She was amazing. She got my technique completely together, mm-hmm. but um, that didn't last either for like its own reasons Mm -hmm. and by that point i was like i don't know if i want to dance anymore like this is so much trying to get proper training in pittsburgh pennsylvania yeah Yeah, because you're an hour Um, away so you're commuting in right i was commuting in and and i was tired and burnt out and i just felt like i kept hitting so many walls like i felt like i wasn't at the point that i needed to be technically and like physically where a lot of my um maybe other not peers around me but just like in in the dance world in general you know what i mean and i was comparing myself a lot and so i kind of took a break from dance in high school like junior year Mm -hmm. and i i did musicals at kappa okay and that really like brought back 
the spirit. So you are you are you also an amazing singer? No, I was casted in all of the dance roles. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you didn't sing. I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I could have probably worked on that a lot more in that time. And then by senior year, I was auditioning for colleges and I was like, this is it. I was like, this is, if I don't get into these schools, like I'm done. Uh I'll move on to something else, you know? And, um, I got into purchase and it was the one school that we visited that my father didn't fall asleep at the dance performances. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved it too. I was like, Oh, if I go here, I'll get to do that. Let's go. So when I what, got in, what, I was like, what, what was it? What about it was so fascinating for you when you were looking at it? Yeah, they, they were just, they were just extraordinary performers. Like I just, I had never seen dance like that until I watched them dance. I never saw like postmodern dance. I never saw a Balanchine piece mm. being worked on. I never saw a contemporary dance and the teacher's like okay and this is when snow's gonna fall like I just that Mm -hmm. just like kind of blew my mind Mm -hmm. and I was like oh I want to dance like that that's 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 what I have in my mind yeah yeah and so how was and then I went there go go, yeah sorry I I went there and um for four years and it was the best time so fun so much dancing all the time yeah I think in this right now I've been getting like nostalgic about it. I'm like, Jesus, did I take any of that for granted? Dancing with other people all yeah. the time. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, art, art for me at least yeah. is more of a isolating solo activity most of the time compared to dance. So it's just, yeah. And I, and I always think about that. Sometimes I'm like, Jesus, I wish I like was a visual artist so I could be alone. But now I'm like, <laughs> I want to be with other people. This is, Yeah. So then, okay. And then I graduated. I got picked up by this choreographer named Shamel Pitts. He was a former dancer for Bathsheba in Israel. He asked me to dance with him and do some residencies. How did and you, get, how did you I, get picked up? What does that mean? Like they, so he, I, he saw I, you or something? Or Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I did this summer program called Springboard Dance Montreal, which is super popular for a lot of dancers to do. And a lot of people go with different intentions. I went to kind of secure some job. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to like secure an, a, a connection with someone or something before I left. So uh-huh. that by senior year, I had something happening in the works and that happened with Shamel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just so happened to be coming up with this new project and uh, solidifying some residency. So I did that with him the summer after I graduated and I went to Europe for the first time. Where'd you go? And that was fun. We went to Berlin, Sofia, Bulgaria, uh-huh. Italy. And uh, I, I just had the best time I was cutting up. I was acting up. Yeah. <laughs> living my best life, you know? And then I came back home. And at this point, my parents were like, Joy, you have been on a roll for like a couple months. And I was like, I know, like I'm actually dancing. Wow. But then I didn't really, I know, right? Like, whoa, (laughs) that happened. And then I like had like maybe like a week off and then I had to go back to Italy for Chamel and I was there for like three weeks. And then I came back and I didn't have much to do. 
So I was like, okay, I got to go audition. Wait, what were you doing with Shamel? Were you, was it a class? Were you performing for him? What were you doing? I was, I was performing and I was in his process to make one of his new works called Black Hole Trilogy and Triathlon. Well, mm-hmm. what, what, what was that about? It was about, just loosely, he could explain it a lot better than me, but loosely it was about Afro, it was, it was, it was punk, it was, it was Afrofuturism, it was about the cosmos, just like a loose yeah. thing. It was to tie, he, he had made two pieces prior to that, mm-hmm. so he wanted to make it a, an entire trilogy. I see. That was kind of an ode to Afrofuturism. So I did that and I came back and I was like, hey, I don't have a job. So, and it was audition season. So then I was going back and forth from Pittsburgh to New York auditioning. And then I had like a little stint with this one company in New York. They weren't going to pay me. So I was like, can't, can't yeah. do that girl. Uh, can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, came back. I was like, I don't know what to do. And I applied to this residency, Pearl Diving Movement residency mm-hmm. with Stacy. Mm-hmm. And this is how I got connected with her. Cause I was in the residency with her. And my collaborator, Sharon Shipman, and we're making this piece, which is now linked. We'll probably talk about that later. But um, Stacy, like, just like looked at me out of the blue and was like, hey, are you doing anything in the next month or so? And I was like, no. <laughs> what do you have planned? And she's like, hey, do you want to do this piece with me? And I was like, yep. And then after that, I was with her for um, almost a year. Oh, nice. Oh yeah, and for our listeners, I interviewed Stacy in a past interview, so I can, I'll put the link in the show notes. Yes, so you can hear more amazing. about Stacy. Yeah, and then so and so while with Stacy, that's where you did linked. Yeah, yeah, I was doing that residency, and we were developing. Sharon and I were developing the choreographic bones of what's now the film Linked, mm-hmm. and that was the best residency ever. Yeah, what made it so great? Well, first of all, we got a stipend. We had, it was, it was in Pittsburgh. So I was home. That was awesome for me. The space is beautiful. The, we could have lighting. We were able to work with Herman Pearl, Mm -hmm. Stacey's husband. And that was all free. It was just so, there was just so many resources available. It's a rarity. Yeah. It's a rarity. So we did that. And that really introduced us to the process of making a full length work. Well, before we were just making pieces that were like eight minutes long or three minutes long. What did you learn in that transition from an eight minute piece to a full length one? Yeah, that it's just hard and that making something is going to involve a lot of tears and there's a lot of unknowing and there's a lot of, um, I'm not sure if we're going to hit this deadline. I don't, a lot of uncertainty. Sharon and I in that process learned a lot about each other. Mm-hmm. We learned a lot about our different work styles. We learned a lot about what works for us, what doesn't. And when we did this, when we were doing this, like we were just coming out of college. So we don't, like, I still don't, but like, we didn't have a process. You know yeah. what I mean? Like seasoned creators have, they just, they have a, a process that yeah. they stick to. This is what they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I feel like with all choreographers, you come into the studio and the first process is, I don't know what's about to happen, you know, mm-hmm. but they still have those tools to pull from. And so we were just trying to use that time to come up with some things that worked for us. And I think what we came up with is that we like to start with a prop first. Mm. In our last piece, Tongue Tied Shrews, we used the rubber band and was like, what can we do with this? And mm. we just put it in between our teeth and 
made a dance. And this time we kind of lengthened that band out and just put it around our waist and was like, okay, how can we dance with the rubber band in between our waist? And then that just kind of set off the rest of the choreography for us Mm. and the rest of the structure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm always thinking like, okay, we can make choreography, but then what's it about? What's the context? Yeah. What's the narrative? Yeah. And my narrative is always, always has to be about identity, especially if I'm working with a white person in relation to myself, a black woman, I want to, I want to make a piece or I want to make work that's, you know, interrogating that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. Mm-hmm. And so how did that come together? Were you, you know, what was the reception like that for that? Well, a lot of people came to the showing and it was spectacular to see that, to see Pittsburgh come to watch the dance. And, uh, and we got a lot of great feedback from people like Slow Danger, yeah. um, Stacey Herman. In the residency, we were also, there were also two other artists there, and they were amazing to watch too. But the reception was amazing because they actually understood what we were making. And I was like, okay, if the audience gets it and they got it, then I think we did our job. <laughs> um, and then we took that piece and used it to write a grant proposal for the Heinz Endowment investing in professional artist grant. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get it? Um, yeah. Awesome. When, when did you, when, when did you apply? That was, this was last year. Oh, okay. About cool. last year. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Got it. And then that funded the film. Oh, nice. And film is expensive. Clearly. Yes, it is. But it's almost done. I'm working with, um, yeah, we filmed it in New York, in Brooklyn. And, and, and the, that, that process kind of sped up once I moved there for sleep no more in January. Yeah. And that all happened pretty smoothly. Now I'm in process with Victoria, Sendra, and Casey Brooks to, I think we have like one more edit to do, some oh, nice. coloring, some final touches, and then it'll come out. I'm excited to look to see it. Uh, I was going to go back. So uh, I was curious about, because you say you traveled in Europe and you went to a different yeah. bunch of places. And while you were working there, I don't know if this T- timeline. I'm just qu- trying to clarify some things. Yeah, yeah. So you also went to the Derrida Dance Company while you're in Europe. Was yeah, that, yeah. Was that at the same time as working for? Yeah, that's funny because I. Or is so that after? I met. It was. It's both. So oh, okay. what happened was I was dancing with Shamel and we we had a residency at Derrida Dance Center. Shamel did, and I was just in his process for his piece, and uh, because he was getting ready for a world premiere there. Okay. And so. So through that connection, I met the directors there. Yeah. And maybe like, when was this? Like March of last year? Yeah. I, the director contacted me and was like, hey, do you want to come in and um, have a residency for yourself? I was like, sure. So I went there again. When was that? Uh, it was past summer. And I set my own piece and I had to make a piece by myself, which I love to do. It was a challenge because I was, you know, Eastern Europe is a different. Yeah. That's why, well, that's what, well, yeah, I know. That's why I was curious about your, your experiences there. I mean, your piece, that, the piece that you did was called Joy and the White Girls. And, <laughs> well, I mean, but the thing that, the thing that I'm curious about is like, you know, I think I kind of realized how American I was because I did a Fulbright in Berlin. You know, yeah. and one of the things I found I was uh, I didn't really expect was just sort of like how they talk about race is completely different. 
there's it's and, so different. Yeah, yeah, right. Also, the, there's something that we forget, and then what what I read, well, you know, something that I forgot to think about and showed my Americanness was sort of the the assumption that the rest of the world knows how to talk about it when most yeah. of the discussion is from a English American uh, literature and writings, right? And mm-hmm. so the process of translating that to not only a different country, but a different language, which doesn't make it any less important, but it changes how the things can even be talked about. It just gets really complicated really fast. So I was curious what your experiences were like and how you yeah. how you felt your piece kind of yeah. functions, especially in yeah. a place like Bulgaria. Yeah. Well, when I went by myself, I was prepared. I was a little more prepared for what I was going to expect because I was there with Shamel and the rest of his crew, his dancers. Yeah. And, and when I went the first time, I was with other black people and we were experiencing this together. Yeah, yeah. So I was able to come back home and be like, we witnessed that, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you, and you checked with each other to make sure you weren't and being, we checked with each other. You, you weren't yeah, being yeah, like, like gaslit or like, yeah, yeah, you were like, like did, did, I, did yeah. I experience that or was that like yeah. actually happening? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was there with them, they like uh, these like group of teens, they were drunk, but nonetheless, they threw a bottle at us. Mm. And I was like, that, that's happening, right? So yeah. I was able, we were able to like be there together. I went alone mm-hmm. and I don't recommend anybody do that. <laughs> I should have put in the budget my, an assistant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because it's just, it's just very, no, you cannot prepare yourself for constant stares. Like you're not supposed to be there. No, no one can prepare you for that. If I had my headphones and my glasses on, I felt a little better because I was in my own world. But the yeah. minute I opened myself up to be vulnerable, it was like, yeah, just hit with constant. I mean, I mean, you know, it, I, yeah. So I, w- I was there experiencing that and then trying to come into the dance studio and make something. And, you know, like I said before, when I create, it's, it's about identity. And so I'm suddenly confronted with girls that understand that, but not at the same level that I do and I'm hitting like some brick walls I'm in the studio and this girl has cornrows in her hair and I'm like (laughs) okay this is where we are I was also they were they were very very generous and very very nice girls let me just say like the dancers were just so open to learning yeah so much and we even like spend a rehearsal just talking in the park about things but they were not I was expecting dancers to be a little more technically available. Okay. They were beginners. Okay. These were these these were these were the white girls who you were collaborating with for the Yes. Studies. Okay. And they were like students. They were okay. like the students in the program. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, how do I? So then I started to make something a little more pedestrian with pedestrian movements, walking, running, standing, falling, you know, basic mm-hmm. tasks like that. But even then I was like, this isn't. I was like, I'm not feeling this. This isn't what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like an alien walking around this place. So I was like, we're going to make something about that. (laughs) That piece would definitely need to be reworked. It was definitely a work, work, work in progress. It's not a piece. I was very proud of them by the end of the piece because we were working a lot on touch and touching each other and being receptive to people's bodies. And they really, they, they understood that by the time. And I was like, oh, good, they learned something was learned. Yeah. This is all new for me. Like I'm coming in, like, like I'm like feeling like a kid. I'm like, I don't know what to tell y'all. Like, I just like, I make dances about like 
racial politics. I don't know. <laughs> but that piece, like, I, I feel like I could have done, I just look at it and I'm like, oh God, that, like it could have been thought about so differently. Like it's not something that I was extremely proud of. Oh really? Okay. Back up. Yeah. No, it was so hard yeah. being there. How, yeah. long, how long were you there by yourself? Three weeks. And what you said about like the Americanness, it's, it's true. Like even when I, but when I was in Berlin, like I remember I was on a date with this guy and he was German from Germany. And even he was like, why are people staring at you? So I don't know. I don't know. I think about this a lot. I don't know. But I, I also think about it in terms of like, you know, as as I was also traveling Europe and now also in yeah. in China, like I don't know the politics of there, right? I don't know. We, yeah. Like a lot of Americans don't know, not, you know, not trying to make like one thing better or worse or more important than the other, but it's like we don't know the a lot of the wars and genocides and genocides mm-hmm. that happened in Eastern Europe that happened in China. Oh yeah. You know, and they educated me too. They educated me. Mm-hmm. So about so the traumas that they've been through. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in that sense, like it's complicated. I think it's also complicated by fact that like slavery, it affected a lot more people. And then also the strangeness of pop culture appropriating it. So like it being also spread. So there's a certain, uh, exotification that's happening on a worldwide level. So I think that complicates the whole thing, but. Well, I think my approach to that piece then was like, okay, I see that you all love black culture, (laughs) but you know nothing about it. Yeah. And that bothered the hell out of me. I saw a lot of them. They, they, they love black culture, loves the hair, wanted to have it, wanted to be tan. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you don't you know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so that's why I kind of painted myself purple because it was like I felt like a like a I guess just touching on like exotification, fetishization, you know, yes. wanting to to be down with the culture but not know anything about it. Yeah. It's like I would never like make a dance to to Eastern European music without yeah. knowing why and what it came from, you know, yeah. and understanding the history of that. And then also just telling them, I think for me, I was just very, I was confused a lot. The Americanist came out. I was confused a lot yeah. because I was like, why am I going to a park and I see a Nazi symbol and kids are playing around it. Yeah. As I was like, where are the protests? Where are yeah. y'all doing anything? And they're like, joy, this is just life. Like you just, you can't, you can't change people. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, well, yes, we can. Yeah, yeah. You know, my like gun ho, like we have to change yeah, the world. Pro- yeah, protests. Yeah, cause, yeah, yeah, going on Facebook, going on Twitter, starting yeah. a, starting a, a whole movement. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think that's starting to pivot as we come come into a more um, globally conscious world. And I and I was just I felt so alone in that sometimes, um, and then sometimes the dancers would meet me halfway one of them was like had a girlfriend mm-hmm. in eastern europe that's not really yeah yeah you know yeah mm-hmm. and as and she was the one that was like like really understanding what i was trying to get at you yeah. know but at the showing yeah. at the showing i had two women from bulgaria come up to me and say thank you for doing this piece because we need something like this we need to talk about this here I was just at a protest today mm. and I was like, where were you? I needed you here. Yeah. <laughs> so to hear that, like that's happening 
and it is happening and people do want those conversations. People do want art like that. People do want art that provokes and challenges um, the people around them and the culture yeah. surrounding it. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, like slavery was a global phenomenon. The, the, the African diaspora and the Atlantic slave trade was a global shift. And the fact that they aren't aware of that entire global shift is just, it just shows what, yeah. you know, white supremacy propaganda can do. And I was trying to get them to know, I'm like, there is so much information you don't know because someone said you weren't supposed to know, you know what I mean? And just opening their eyes to that. And I think it did. And the directors after, after, um, in the showing, they were, they were very open to seeing it. They were happy that this was being put up. Um, they were very supportive in the talk back, very, very supportive. I think it was new information for them still too, Yeah, but they were still supportive of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah. One baby, baby steps. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was last summer. And then, so between from that summer, you came back to, I came back home. I think I was, I was, I came back to Stacy. Yeah. I was dancing for Stacy Pearl. And then that was just kind of, um, I was, I was so insecure about my skills as a choreographer after that, that I came back and I was after, like, after what, after, after Bulgaria? It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. After that residency, I was like, I don't know if I can, and my friends were like, joy, please. Like everybody has their moments. Yeah. You just got to keep. And I was like, <sighs> so I was with Stacy and I was dancing for a while. Were you choreographing as well? At, with Stacy? Yeah. No, no. I was, um, I was just teaching okay. a little bit. I was teaching back at home. I was teaching with the first dance studio that I ever went to. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the midst of all last year, I forgot to mention, I was like teaching at Kappa. Oh, that's great. And I was, I said a piece on them. That was a lot of fun. Uh So yeah, like all of last year was really a lot of like kind of making things come full circle for me, coming back to my old studio, coming back to Kappa, teaching, choreographing for them. That must feel nice. It did some closure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, so I was back with Stacy and then I felt like I needed to go and do a few more auditions just to like, cause at this point I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm tired of auditioning. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like they say you need a hundred rejections, right? You ever yes. That? Yeah. Yeah. You need, you need a lot of no's to get that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Stacy was always very supportive, which is, which is so rare to find in a director. So a lot of directors are like, you dance for me. That's it. You know? But I had a friend recommend me to audition for Sleep No More like three times. Yeah. So this time I was like, I have to go. And I didn't tell Stacy. I went. I, I, well, okay. So I was you went to Spurs. You went to New York to audition, yeah. right? Okay. I took the mega bus okay. overnight, got there in the morning, <laughs> took a nap at my cousin's, woke up, went to the audition, and then had dinner, left that same day. To come back and have rehearsal with Stacy, and you didn't tell Stacy. You're scared. Were you, were, you, were you scared? I wasn't scared. I just think that I wanted to make sure that I made it to the callback to um, bother her with that information. I, I see. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a week later, I find out I get the callback, and then I I would have to miss like three rehearsals. So I told Stacy, and she was like, "Of course, go." Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, if I don't make this audition, if I don't, if I don't get this job. What? And I just missed rehearsal. What, you'd quit? No. I would take, I, I was like, this is my last one. There's never a last one. But good news, I, I got a call at like 10 p.m. from the company manager and I got the job. 
Nice. You want you want to quickly tell people who aren't you know know so much familiar, about dance? Yeah. yeah. What what about what is Sleep No More? What what Sleep got no it more. to fame? Yeah. Sleep No More opened about uh, more than ten years ago. Ten years ago in New York City, and there's a Sleep No More in Boston, and then they moved one to New York. So I was in the one in New York City in Chelsea, and it's this immersive theater show. It's set in a building that used to be this club, right? It used to be this huge, huge warehouse. And they turned it into this grand hotel, six floors. And it's based on the story of Macbeth. Mm -hmm. Set in a film noir landscape. Six floors, Macbeth, film Mm -hmm. noir. Mm -hmm. And it's immersive. So that means you go in and you see different perspectives of the story. And you can choose to go in any room, any floor. It's, it's a story that you can make for yourself. And that's really the only way I can explain it. It's so yeah. hard to explain. Yeah, that's, how, that, that's it. how it has been described to me by other people yeah. as well. Yeah, It's nuts. It's a nutty show. It's a wild ride. Who do you um, play? I play Bald Witch and Nurse. Okay. And the nurse is on the fifth floor. Most of the time. I'm telling too much information. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyways, <laughs> but I played those two roles, and it's just a, the wildest thing I've ever done in my entire life. The wildest thing I've ever done in my entire life to navigate the audience like that. It, there's no stage. You know what I mean? Like the whole, all of the rooms are your stage and. It was the first time that I, I was dancing, but I was also acting. Yeah. Just a full round performance. And improving basically, right? Because mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. This people are coming up to you and yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's no script to that. Yeah. There's no script to how you interact with people. Mm-hmm. It's different every yeah. single time. And so to have a set of choreography, but then to be able to quickly think about what you're going to do in that moment. It was so fun. It was so, so fun. Super dark. The first time I watched it, I can talk about this. The first time I saw it, I was lost for a lot of the time. And I felt like I was in a haunted house. And I was like, what is this kooky place? And, and to see my coworkers just perform their asses off night after night was one of the most inspiring things ever, I think. You got to see yeah. it when you were auditioning? Is that, is that what happened? Or? I got, so once I got the job, well, most people saw it before they auditioned. <laughs> I didn't, but, um, I mean, it's expensive. They're, are expensive. You, they're really yeah. expensive. They're so expensive. So I got to, I watched it when I was in rehearsal period. Oh, nice. I would watch it all the time just studying. And it was every, every time I saw it, I was just like, this is a genius creation. It's just, it's just genius, just a genius show. I hope it comes up, it comes back up and running again. And I really, really do. I want it. The rest of the performers want it. The super fans want it. But if it doesn't, I'm prepared for that. But yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to go back, talk about interpretations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interpretations was a lot of fun. It was. When did you do that? Um, yeah, I did that my sophomore year okay. of college. Okay. And that process, I mean, everything that I, the, the one thing I can say about that is that everything that I learned from that, I take into what I do now. Really? So like. Yeah. Like I learned, there were a lot of things I didn't do then that I do now. Like I give everybody contracts, Uh, uh, you know uh, what I mean? uh, I give, I make sure everything, everything is in writing. I make sure that's important. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah there's, like, there's, there's too many there's too many handshakings in the art world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so there was a lot of handshaking with that one. And that's why I tell all my friends now, I'm like, if you just write it down, it will literally, literally change the course. It can change the course of your entire project. So you want to talk about briefly a description of interpretations? Yeah, interpretations was a project that I did with Rachel Neville, who's a dance photographer in New York. And my mom, Jill Thompson, and I emulated 10 of my favorite black dance artists. And I did that because I felt like there weren't enough people who knew about them, mm-hmm. even in the dance community. And that disturbed me. So, <laughs> so it was a way to like give homage to them and spread awareness about them. I did that project. And then my school... The Performing Arts Center has a gallery next to their theater and they they installed it there. Oh, nice. And then it was exhibited at the August Wilson Center on the second floor gallery. And that was awesome. Like, to, I, I think I look back on that and I'm like, you know, I really organized an exhibit. How did you get to show in the August Wilson Center? Did you, yeah. did you know, did you know yeah. Kilolo or? Oh, that is absolute nepotism. So oh. <laughs> my. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Yeah. 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 Mm hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I can't, I can't talk about that without saying that my aunt or like, she's a family friend, but I've known her since I was in the womb. Yeah. Right. Is a CEO. And she had just okay. transferred as CEO there. Okay. And she saw the photos online. Like I was just going to make it as like an online thing. It was going to be a purchase mm-hmm. and then maybe go viral. Yeah. This yeah. was my sophomore year. <laughs> right. This was joy Yeah. as 20 years old. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This was her plan. Yeah. And then she saw a picture of it on Facebook and was like, this has to be, this has to be in the galleries. Boom. Yeah. And she made that happen. Yeah. So it went up also your sophomore year or a year after or? That, that was, yeah, that was, what was that? I think that was now going, that was like junior year. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then did you display them along with the original reference photos that you were copying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we had. For the gallery opening, I um, I did a, I choreographed a performance with my friends, so that was fun for them. As it was a scored improvisation, I just directed, just told them what to do in the space. Um, and then after that, I did a performance with my friend at the time, Demi Remick, and we we made a dance and performed it there in the studios that are next door. There was a lot, like it was a we, for my young ass. It was a lot for someone that didn't really have a set plan written down. Right. It was pretty cool, pretty cool endeavor. And I like everything that I did from that point, I like, I learned so much, learned so much. And I think it really goes to show that a lot of this art stuff, you just learn on the way, learn on the way. And it's great to have family members that, that can help you out and create opportunities. I mean, I think a lot of people also learn on the way because each person works differently. It's, it's hard to translate all the time. And, that's not to say you can't learn from people who have, you know, figured out their own process, but it sometimes doesn't translate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's me. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, anything else you want to talk about that we didn't go over? No, I think we went over the coronavirus. We went over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the one thing I want to say is like, I'm honestly, I'm a bit nervous about what this will mean for the future and what it will mean for performance if we can't gather 
together in large groups of people mm-hmm. in theaters, then what is our job? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can make everything go online. We can make everything go on the screen. You know, as much as anybody, I love screen stuff. I love dance films. I love it. I think it's accessible, but live performance is just undisputed. Yeah. It's its own certain magic. Yeah. And I just hope we get back to it again. I mean, entertainers feed off the energy of live people. And, is, yeah. yeah. My parents watch a lot of like the, uh, the talk show hosts and like, they're all like in the studios but like, there's no one there and they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. the, energy, the energy is different. Like, you know, Trevor it's Noah, different. Smyers, they're all like, there's something off because there's no, they're, they're, not, they're not talking to anyone. Yeah. 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 You know, I never thought about that. That's why it's a little off. <laughs> no one's there. No one's laughing. Yeah. <laughs> they're just sort of like talking to a cameraman. Yeah. And that's it. So that's why sometimes it's not funny because it's like, <laughs> they don't know if it hit. There's no energy. Right. Mm-hmm. So even professionals, right? People do it all the time, but you, you know, who, exactly. who, who you think have it all figured out, they have to live off that energy. But what's interesting, though, in contrast to that, is like film performers, which is the absolute opposite of that, right? Because they actually mm-hmm. do not have an audience. Their mm-hmm. audience, their audience is the camera, right? Yeah. They they never, uh, at least for movies and TV film performers, sort of work differently in that in that mm-hmm. way. I agree. And that's, you know what, to like segue back into immersive theater, what's awesome about immersive theater is that you have to perform as if there is a camera, there is no camera, Mm. but then you still have the energy of the perform of the audience. Yeah. 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 But you have to kind of cushion that it's yeah. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. That's a nice tension that happens. Well, hopefully hopefully in the future, I'll be able to see it. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Everything's uncertain. How are you in this uncertainty? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm with my parents. So I'm lucky that I can go back to my parents and, absolutely. you know, I'm teaching in China at a university, which has been, uh, shut down since, Feb- okay. since February. So I've, it's sort of strange cause I'm like, I've sort of eased into it because yeah. China was affected first. So I was supposed to yeah. go back late January and then the school's like, don't come back. We, they delayed school for two weeks. So this is starting January, you know, 25th, 26th. So I, so I've been teaching online since mid February. And then, yeah. so even then like the U S has didn't do anything. And yeah. so now everyone's like transition and I'm sort of like, you've been I'm, there. I Yeah. This is like sort of part two for me. And so, yeah. So I'm just sort of waiting around, uh, school was supposed to start this week, actually. So I think two weeks ago, they're like, oh, we're planning to start school back up. And then I think a week ago, they transitioned back to standby. I think now, because the rest of the world is infected, they don't want all the foreign teachers coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. And also, I talked to a few students there and like, not all public transportation is up and running. Okay. And I'm not sure the government wants people in China still randomly moving back all over mm-hmm. the place. So I think, you know, as I understand it, people still largely stay indoors. Uh, work is largely back up, but you, people don't go out unless they have to. So there's still people, you know, the government is rightfully being very cautious with the steps of moving back and forth. Yeah. And I even heard that if you want to travel between cities, you'll be quarantined just, just, just for like safety purposes. So, wow, wow, wow. You know, so they're, yeah. They're containing it though. They're handling it. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 they did a, you know, whatever you want to say about the, the authoritative system of China, they were able yeah, right. to lock it down and control the virus. 
Yeah. It works when it needs to work, I guess. Yeah. Meanwhile, we've got spring breakers going to, Main- be- to, to beaches. <laughs> oh, I can't stand them. Yeah. <laughs> I saw them too. I was like, and they looked sick. Yeah. They looked a little, they looked, I was like, you, you should be concerned a little bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hope they're okay. Yeah. Um, I hope everyone, yeah, I hope everyone follows guidelines, stays inside. I know it, I'm the first person that I love to be a homebody, but I, I also like to be active. Yeah. I hope everyone just follows the rules right now as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. 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 So do you want to do any plugs? Any, any, uh, Instagram plugs, website plugs? Um, follow me. No, you don't have to follow my page. I'm private. Um, follow linked the dance film, just like that. L I N K T the dance film. Mm -hmm. And I also run this page called it's a dance look. If you're ever curious to know what dancers wear on their day to day right now, we got people dressing up indoors Mm -hmm. sometimes and it's spelled Issa I S S a dance look. Mm -hmm. Follow that. If you want some, some wholesome content, (laughs) was that sarcastic? Was that sarcastic? That was, that wasn't even sarcastic because it's really wholesome. (laughs) It's like the most wholesome thing. It's just clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The, the the environment of, of today is not that wholesome. So yeah. if you want to get away from the news, yeah. look at those things. My film should be coming out soon. I'm going to give it like maybe another two weeks. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stay tuned for that. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Well, Hope I don't cringe at myself. It's, oh. Well, do you, do you hear your voice a lot? Is that, is that a thing? That no. You, okay. All right. Yeah. It takes oh, a while. Let me get ready. It takes a while. <laughs> okay. It takes a while. Yeah. I, I heard, I had this funny story. So like pre voice recording, you know, if you can you imagine you could not hear your own voice. Yeah. Right. It, oh, like, geez. Yeah. And I heard that during the very first time that they ever made the voice recording, they recorded an opera singer. And so this opera singer finally heard what she sounded like. You know what her reaction was? Yeah. What was it? She was like, oh, I understand why people listen to me. <laughs> the confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The confidence that we shall take into the, or the rest of our days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. I love that. So. I love that. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you, John Marie. All right, take care. Take care. All right, bye. Bye. Seeing Color is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Ziyuan Chung. Original music by Alex Chow. You can find more information on the website, www.seeingcolorpod.com, or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, under the handle Seeing Color Pod. If you enjoyed this show, please go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and give Seeing Color a five-star review. This really helps others discover the show and provides greater visibility for everyone on Seeing Color. Again, thank you so much for listening and goodbye for now.